You are listening to The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. The Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. We're live from the American Family Insurance Studio Radio City. We want to say thank you to Gruber Law Offices for being a founding partner of the new 1017 The Truth. We're proud to be supported by a law firm who's made such a positive impact in our community. So if you or your loved one has ever been injured by an accident, give Gruber Law Offices a call. One call, that's all. Speaking of one call... We made a call a few weeks ago to talk to Dr. Eve Hall and see what's going on with the Milwaukee Urban League because, you know, I, I, always, I always tease her and say, I have no idea what the Urban League does. And then you go on the website and you figure out the Urban League does, like, pretty much uh, everything. So they kind of just take over the city. And, you know, and everywhere I've gone, you've always seen the Urban League and the national president. But they quietly kind of just make sure people get jobs, get trained for jobs hire people, um, education, welfare, like like whatever area you can think about, uh, the Urban League has their hand in it, making sure that something is done in the black community. So I want to welcome Dr. Eve Hall. How are you? I am well, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. And so I, I find it interesting that um, the Urban League has, is, is what we call one of our legacy organizations and that even Greater Milwaukee has been around for decades and have done such a phenomenal, just have done so many things in the city that the list, you know, I started looking up some of the things you all do and talked about. And I'm thinking employment, education, advocacy, fundraising, and it goes on and on and on, the training, the the license permit classes, home ownership. I started thinking, well, well, I should just go work for the Urban League then. (laughs) You know what, Dr. Harris, um, what's so interesting, when I took over the league in 2017, I truly learned how so many people did not really understand what the Urban League was about. You know, the first thing they would say is, oh, yeah, they throw that great ball every year. And I'm like, (laughs) oh, God, you have to be known for more than that, right? right. But it just, because it's so big, um, everybody remembers it because that's the way that we always bring the community together. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the Urban League has been around um, on a national basis since 1910. We have been around since 1919 here in Milwaukee. We just turned um, our name into Greater Milwaukee Urban League last year. We became 100 years old in uh, 2019. And we were actually started one year after the NAACP was founded, which they were founded in 1909. Um, And why were we founded? Well, we were founded by actually blacks and whites coming together in New York. um, And specifically, a few people that led it was the first black PhD who graduated in social welfare from Columbia University. Um, And a uh, white um, female who was a widow of a railroad millionaire. And she was always this, you know, that compassionate into the community along with some others. And what they saw was with the great migration occurring, 
the demographics, the, um, you know, the texture of major cities up north was going to change. And there was going to be a need for there to be some kind of organization, some kind of groups to support African-American individuals and families moving up north to the city. Mm-hmm. And so our organization really became the kind of urban advocacy slash social service agency in many of the major cities around the country. And we were the ones that would, you know, really push the city fathers and and be that voice to city fathers saying, you need to consider hiring African-Americans, black folks, okay, that are in the city. Um, Blacks who were trying to start their businesses. We were the ones helping entrepreneurs. Um, In terms of healthcare, we would Um, provide information on where we could go for health care. But in the city of Milwaukee, we even started, um, it was like a pharmacy or drugstore at one point in the early 20s and 30s because we did not have access. So the Urban League was instrumental in even doing that as well. Um, You know, civic engagement, all the social justice issues, home ownership, you know, housing. We were always trying to push for us to be able to live in decent places. Um, voting. So, I mean, we were really a part of all aspects of life when it came to the quality of life and access to resources. And we were also Mm -hmm. um, the place, quite frankly, for a lot of social gatherings, you know, recreation, not only training in employment, but even some of the recreational things that people do. Because when we think back to that early period of time when we were first founded, we could not go a lot of different places. So, you know, the Urban League also became somewhat of a social hub along with the other uh, services that we provided. All right. So when we come back, I, I do have a very direct question to ask. And it's and it's too soon. Okay. Um, that, that's what I get for looking at two clocks. Um, so I'll, I'll just keep going. The, the okay. advocacy work that you do, uh, we, I, I've made a note to see that you you don't tend to work on either side of the aisle. You tend to work on both sides of, of the aisle because all the things that you cover, civic engagement, uh, voter education, uh, health equity, those types of things, home ownership, those are things mm-hmm. that affect everybody in a community. So can, can you tell me what is it that the Greater Milwaukee Urban League does in terms of advocacy that that can ensure that the future of Milwaukee is here in the next 20 years? So in terms of advocacy, we have three areas that we focused on, health equity. So we're part of a national, actually a national initiative in which we pushed um, the vaccinations at education on covid um, you know, I was doing some promotions early on when all of this started right, because, right. you know, there was a lot of misinformation and we were the ones dying. And so, you know, we really wanted to make sure even in the end that people decided not to, that they still had good information right. and that what was going to be your best chance of survival through this. So we're continuing um, to push that, there's actually um, a partnership between CDC and the National Urban League, and then the National Urban League identifies some of their affiliates to be a part of it, and we were one of the affiliates um, to do that. So even now, when there are um, different events in the community, we'll be around to give out masks, 
you know, we partnered right. with Walgreens around COVID testing, you know, so we're really, you know, pushing that as well. The other way that, you know, when we talk about ensuring that longevity and, you know, our future, home ownership, we know we're 26% home ownership compared to 72%. So we actually have a project right now, Ken, um, Medcap Park. Right. And it's been a 15-year project and was actually started initially when my predecessor was there, Dr. Ralph Holman, along with Gorman and some of the others. That was during the time when you may remember the building on 28th and Wright was then turned into, um, you know, the Wesley Scott Senior Living Center. Right. Then after that, there was a partnership involving some Medcalf homes. It's like scattered site housing. We're coming to the end of that 15-year period where individuals can actually purchase homes. So we now have um, a committee that we've formed that is a combination of banks, of, you know, Axe Housing, of legacy redevelopment, so that we can actually identify individuals who are interested in home ownership and help them purchase a home. So we know that that is important in terms of assets and mm -hmm. equity. Um, then the last piece, you know, as you mentioned earlier around voter education and outreach, we know we need Republicans and Democrats to be at the table to make change. Um, but we as a 501c3, you know, we have to be nonpartisan, of course. And it's just important for us to be able to work across the aisle. So what do we do? We try to just educate people on the importance of voting, on the importance of them understanding the issues, on the importance of them knowing who's running and what they stand for and align themselves accordingly, you know, to what their beliefs are. But at the end of the day, my goal and my work is being able to talk with everyone. If you are, you know, concerned about homeownership, um, I need you on both sides of the aisle to help us because at the end of the day, the more people who homes, we know that that contributes to a strong economy. Just yes, something as basic as that. All right. Well, thank you much. This time when we come back, um, I want to I want to jump into the education piece as it relates to driver's licenses. I know that okay. many, many people get in trouble and they go to prison and the first thing they lose is their, are their driving privileges. They come out, they have to make um, application for their license and that's what starts the ball rolling. But then it takes a while for them to get it. And I, I want to I really hear how that can impact the community because we talk about home ownership and jobs and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. But in our community, without a driver license, it, it it really doesn't work. We're talking to Dr. Eve Hall, president and CEO of Greater Milwaukee Urban League. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. We're live from the American Family Insurance Studio. When we come back, more in a moment. The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, the Truth app and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. On the talk and text line, uh, Wayne said, I don't know where you're getting your information from, but it's not easy getting out of jail and getting a job. Well, that was in the conversation with Sandra, and I was speaking very specifically, but I do understand it is difficult to get a job. 
He goes on to say, I've been out of jail over 27 years and still have a hard time getting jobs with this drug felony. I did the crime. I did my time and I still got um, some folks. I still got pushback and all that from my mistake. I get that. Um, I think one of the things this is just me. I think one of the things you should do is contact the Urban League. That's one. Um, number two, uh, there are ways to get around it. It just depends on what occupation you decide to go into. And so some of those occupations are very specific in that there's some jobs you can't get because of the type of um, conviction you have. And so I don't know your particulars, but I understand. And that's why we have legacy organizations like Greater Milwaukee Urban League who can uh, speak to that. And with that, our guest is Dr. Eve Hall, president and CEO of Greater Milwaukee Urban League. Before we took a break, we were talking about, and it's, it's, it, it occurs to me that many of those things that have to occur after you get out of jail is education, and in some cases, re-education. And you've got some great educational programs with the GED, Career Pathways, you've got Project Ready. Probably most important than anything is having a mentor there that can walk you through some of those things. And then you have the free driver license permit class, which I wish I had, but you know, I just, I wish I was born later in life where I can get a lot of stuff for free, but I had to suffer through high school driver's ed to get it. And so you, you, we all know that people that get in trouble or people that have issues as young people end up not having a driver's license and they have to start at the beginning. What does your free, permit classes do for people in Milwaukee? So basically we help them get the permit, first of all. Um, and then they do have to take the test. We actually help to support them even when they, you know, take that final driver's ed test to get their permanent permit. Really? Um, yeah, we do. Mm. And we just started doing that. And um, my team would know a little bit more of the details, but what we were concerned about is, you know, we, we provide the class. So they can pass and get that, you know, get the permit. But then there was that next step, which is that permanent license, right. you know, when you have to actually go in the car and drive and what have you, because ours is all the virtual. So right. we're all the initial part of what we do. Um, and it's interesting because, I mean, people come to us for all kinds of reasons. I mean, one, you know, the public schools don't offer it anymore. You know, they're just coming back to offering the free drivers ad again. Um, and then we've just had individuals who may have lost their license because of getting in trouble or what have you, trying to get it get it back again. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, that's a reality. Um, and so we've been able to just help a lot of individuals because we know that with transportation in Milwaukee, sometimes these bus lines come to an end where there are job opportunities. So we know driver's ed makes a difference. But what we also have, Ken, um, is we have a transportation program as well. And so there are people, if they are, they have jobs and they have a difficult time getting to their jobs, we actually have um, transportation and a company that we have partnered with that either picks up individuals at the Urban League or at Vincent High School. And so we've had students take advantage of this. We've had adults take advantage of this. We are uh, we have a program that specifically helps with individuals to get back on their feet. That includes those who may have had a felon or, or other bouts with the law, or mm -hmm. you know, child um, 
uh, the payment issues with, you know, with child um, support, et cetera, are those that have just been challenged. Now, the only thing with those jobs, and we're looking at some other ways to enhance, is that many of them are like the 775, you know, jobs, so they're on the low end. Right. So we've also actually identified ways to provide some additional resources to individuals while they're in, you know, in that particular program. But if nothing else, it's kind of getting you back in the workforce or getting some kind of stability, even if it may be low paying initially, you know, for some it's just kind of getting them back on track. But at the same time, we're also um, looking at high demand industries like technology, manufacturing, um, healthcare, hospitality, the trades. And um, we want to find some ways where we can provide some training in those areas so that we're also helping individuals with these self with these family sustaining wage jobs and in in demand areas where there really is a true future. We play hit and miss right now with the programs, you know, that we have um, through the one I just mentioned with the it's called Transform Milwaukee and then another one through the community block grant. Mm-hmm. Um, but we want to be very intentional around these high demand industries that are looking for more diversity and just really help be part of that pipeline to get more of us in those roles. So so really age isn't a barrier to coming to the Urban League. No, no. I mean we we first of all, when we think about education, we are partnered with about eight schools already, which mm-hmm. is a combination of elementary, middle and high school. And um, when it comes to that work, it's a combination of mentoring. We have a graduate to employment program that helps with students who aren't quite sure what they want to do, but they get some training from us, you know, around just doing well in a job until you're figuring out or until you determine what you want to do with your life. Um, We're also help them around some of the academics as well. Um, when it comes to adults, you mentioned something earlier around, you know, the GED, because we're partnered with MATC. Right. We've partnered with them around health care as well. We've partnered with um, Freighter and Aurora right now around some um, health care training for individuals who may want to go into that field. So, you know, we we've kind of have a number of touch points yeah. for individuals to come to the Urban League where we can help them um, either get back on track Grow, find something else. But like I said, my real interest now is to really get into those high demand industries, have very strong partnerships with particular companies um, so that we have even more control over how people are trained, where they can be placed and how we can even help many of our companies and businesses provide also that culture mm-hmm. and setting that embraces the diversity that they say they want. And so you'll help anybody that comes, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, male, exactly. female, it exactly. doesn't matter. Exactly. I mean, we're, we make no bones about who mm-hmm. are our center audiences, which we were founded to really empower and African-American. enable African-Americans. Right. But that is not at, you know, um, and the expense of saying no, if you are white, if you're Hispanic or Asian and you come to your our door and you need help, we help them, too. And we have. And so you have advocacy. You've got the education piece. But employment seems to be the sticking point, the the gap between the, you know, seven thirty five, seven seventy five an hour job and 
what Wayne talked about on the talking text line where you get out of prison and now you've been out 27 years and you're still struggling right, to get a job. Right, how right. how and do you, you connect know what? that? Let me tell you with mm-hmm. that, you know, I, I hear it and we keep having that conversation even at the Urban League. It's like we can't do everything, but then we're, we're thinking, OK, but how can we connect so right. I know that there are, um, you know, different organizations that even help people who have this felon and they're trying to get it off their record. You know, so some of this expungement and, you know, some of these other initiatives that maybe we can help with. Um, and there are some companies like we've learned of some companies who don't mind having someone with a felon and right. they pay pretty well, right. you know, so. We try to see who's out there who are, are welcoming, but that is still an area that we can grow even more. But there's the um, Center for Self-Sufficiency that I think really does a lot around helping those who are returning citizens trying to get back on their feet. We're talking more about how we can even be more intentional with that population. In fact, with our advocacy work, we're actually partnering with this effort that is focusing on the returning citizens and their right to vote. And, you know, what what does that look like? Mm, Because we know those privileges have been taken away depending on what you're in for. But at the same time, there's supposed to be some timeline in which those, um, you know, rights can be returned. And so I know that our advocacy director is involved with that, you know, with a few other organizations. So. Wow. When we come back, well, first of all, thank you for that, because it really explained um, in a in a nuance exactly what it is you do, because so many people just have a general idea about it. Mm -hmm. And so when we come back, I want to dive into the technology piece. I know that that's one thing that has to impact everybody at every single age. When When I look at some of the, you know, the specialized training or the transportation, all that's. All that makes sense, but we also understand that the future really is technology and that regardless of what your age is, if you don't understand it and have a piece in it, your job is going to eventually move in that direction anyway. So when we come back, I'd love to talk about that. Greater Milwaukee Urban League CEO and President Dr. Eve Hall. You're live from the American Family Assurance Studio at Radio City, and I guess I think I am too. Because this is Truth in the Afternoon. More of the Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harrison is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris, Eve Hall. President and CEO of Greater Milwaukee Urban League. I don't know if I'm going to get, I, I got to get used to that name, Greater Milwaukee Urban League. Yeah, I, I got to get used you know to why it. We did. But um, one, your name is higher on the list. <laughs> but you know what? The other piece is when we looked at employment. Right. 40% of the jobs right. are outside of the city of Milwaukee. Right. And so we wanted to also ensure that outside the city of Milwaukee know that we need to partner with them and there needs to be access for also job opportunities outside of the city. Absolutely. You know, so it was, 
you know, the name helps people to know it's it's bigger than just the city, but mm-hmm. that we are about partnering. Mr. Madi on the talking text line said, do you have felons that can get do you have a CDL program? to get their license to drive a truck. You know what? We partnered with MATC at one time on CDL. Mm-hmm. MATC has it. Okay. Because but we don't have our own. Well, I and think that you is need your an own. area where yeah. I do believe, yes, felons can. Yes. Because yeah. you can drive a truck. And I think some of the bonuses yes. they give, I thought about quitting a radio station and going to drive a truck. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> if you can get a no, 10, they make 20, really good money. It's yes, still, you know, it's still rough because you're out on the road a lot. But, sure. I mean, you do get paid well. Sure. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And with that, technology. So technology touches everybody. It doesn't matter if you're a felon, not a felon, if you're male, female, rape. It, it, it touches everybody. And at some point, we're going to venture into uh, electric cars, I already have an electric lawnmower, you know, all these things in technology that not necessarily you programming something, but we actually have to fix them as well. How what's what's the depth? What what is your technology program about and and what's the depth that it'll go into technology for the individual? Well, right now it's very basic okay. uh, to be quite frank. And mm-hmm. we give we have been giving away laptops first. We've started with that. Um, because what we realized is many of our students, they enter these two-year or the four-year institution and sometimes don't have a laptop, which may seem really basic of us to get, but sometimes that can be a luxury. So we actually just awarded about 44 laptops to high school students um, who apply. So they actually have to write an essay and then we have a committee that reviews the essays and then we select from there. And I will tell you the um, event the other night, so much appreciation just from, you know, mothers, grandmothers, the students themselves, right. just saying that they did have that gap. We also gave away, it wasn't a lot, but it's a start thousand dollar book scholarships to students. So, um, we are actually looking at, okay, that's one thing, but how can we also help them in terms of training around technology? You know, any kind of improvement that we can help them with on just their knowledge around, you know, different software, different programs. Is there eventually like coding classes that we can provide? So that's all a part of when I talked about the high demand industries, mm-hmm. looking at technology to see what is it that we can offer at the Urban League and the area of technology that's truly going to enhance individuals' ability, you know, to get jobs in technology, as well as just some of the basics um, in order to be able to get through school by knowing the different programs that you can use on a simple laptop. Wow. So a lot of this is basic. I mean, it's everything mm -hmm. from just the basics um, to what are the careers and opportunities in technology. So is that something you're going to incorporate in the education piece? That'll be part. It'll be really combination education and employment. You know, I mean, that it really crosses over. Um, You know, we've even talked about, um, you know, helping seniors in terms of of technology because if we think about what COVID did if you can't get out of your house 
you have now a lot of the virtual appointments. Well, what if you don't know how to do that? You know, even if it's on your phone. I mean, we've had discussions. We haven't moved anywhere on it, but, you know, we just are looking at so many different needs and saying, okay, how can the Urban League, you know, assist in that or partner mm-hmm. in that area? But as we look at health equity, um, you know, just what I just said, even in terms of technology, with something as simple as a virtual medical visit. Right. What about those who don't have access, um, you know, to just people's knowledge around technology and what are some of the skills that can lead you into some good paying jobs? And we're left out. We know that there's that digital gap. Even the loss of learning for our kids, unfortunately, in the school system, um, if they did not have the Wi-Fi right, if they did not have the hardware in their homes, right. they lost out. Very true. We have a couple minutes left. I wanted to ask you this main question, which is really the reason why you're here. First of all, I want, I want you to tell us about what you have coming up November 5th because I have a feeling I have to put on a tuxedo and a tie and come show up. But also with that, how, how can the community and businesses in greater Milwaukee help the greater Milwaukee urban league? Well, first off, um, Saturday, November 5th is our, I think it's now 37th black and white annual ball at the Wisconsin center district. This was an event that was started really as a way to build bridges between blacks and whites in this city. Mm-hmm. It's creating this, you know, fun setting where people could really get to know each other while at the same time being able to focus on some major issues. Wow. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, in terms of black businesses or, or just businesses and companies in general. Um, you know, being a part of our employment program. So as we reach out to companies and talk to them about what their opportunities are, that there is an openness through their HR departments, um, you know, through their executive offices of wanting to partner with us and let us work with them in in the needs that they have. Um, We always need funding and support. Uh Just even being a part of the Black and White Ball, that is our major fundraiser. We've been able to actually net over five hundred thousand dollars and that makes a huge difference because that's money that helps to support the operation and so you don't you don't charge people for help right we don't charge people for help you mean to be volunteers to 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 volunteer people that that need help with home ownership do you charge them or they can come in and get help from them right no, absolutely not. And so it's no, there's no it's of dire importance that you get funding from Exactly. A because community. we are helping individuals, you know, many individuals who again they're trying to get on their wow. feet. They're, you know, just doing their own self improvement and sometimes they don't have the funds, but you position them so that they do have it and wow. they can end up giving back or just, you know, just if they can just have a better quality of life, you know, that helps our overall community in general. And, you know, people don't have to be in dire need either. Some people are just looking for new opportunities in terms of employment. Um, Others may just be looking for um, organizations to belong to, like our youth that we're working with. So as an example, we have our annual conference coming up in DC in July. This is where all the affiliates around the country come together and we have a youth summit. So we actually have some students that will be attending wow. from Milwaukee 
a youth summit and they'll be able to meet youth from all over the country because we are one of 90 affiliates that we call affiliates Mm -hmm. um, around the country that are in urban league well well thank you so much i appreciate it president and ceo of greater milwaukee urban league dr eve hall so we'll be seeing you sometime in october to talk about how we're gonna get every single person that's listening to come i don't know if you could take that many people though can, can, can you take a couple of hundred thousand people to come to the... Well, maybe not a couple hundred thousand. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let me tell you, the year that we had our um, our Centennial Ball, when we celebrated mm-hmm. 100, we had 1,200 people down in Wisconsin. Yes, because I, I was there and it was great. All yeah, right. so we'll, we'll have about 800. Our capacity this year is 800. You know, we're slowly but surely moving back as, you know, COVID is under a little bit more control, but Mm -hmm. we will still be requiring vaccinations. All right. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Eve Hall. We appreciate you, and we hope to talk to you really soon. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. I want to say thank you to Kyle Wallace for being my producer extraordinaire. Never miss a show by streaming us on multiple platforms, the Truth app, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher. Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Your boy Tori Lowe is coming up. We got some tickets to give away for Summerfest, so make sure you listen. Anthony Hamilton and all that. Maybe even Dr. Eve Hall can win some tickets. Who knows? I'll be back around, I don't know, maybe 22 hours from now, so make sure you listen up right here. I'm Dr. Ken Harris. This is Truth in the Afternoon.